nobody actually tells you that your unique strategies for mindfulness, they're, they're things that are uh, personal to you. Mine aren't going to work for you. Yours aren't going to work for me because we are, our mind is different. Our, you know, our makeup is different, but they all get you to the same place. But how you get there is different, you know, it's different for all of us. And the intuitive journey and the, the process to understanding your intuition and mastering your mind should be, could be one of the most incredible journeys that you ever embark on in your life. Welcome to the Rise Podcast. Rise above your fears, rise above your challenges, rise above the unexpected. You have come here today to listen to leaders and everyday people from around the world talk on health, love, life, spirituality, business, and the planet. By listening to stories of others transcending their challenges, it expands your knowing to see and hear that you have the capacity to access the same resources and internal energy so you can rise into a state that will serve your abundance, flow, and harmony. I am your host, Amy Redans. Together, let's find a new way to get things done. Together, let's find a new way to be. Together, let's rise. On today's episode, we're speaking with Sunita. She's a psychic, medium and healer. We're going to be talking about some practical steps to be able to feel grounded during times of uncertainty and fear And what are some tips to follow your intuition, how to find a sense of belonging, and some fun woo-woo stories. Plus, we're going to be touching on a little bit about the dark side of the spiritual world. She has a wealth of knowledge on all things spirituality, so I hope you gain some aha moments during this episode. Enjoy the show. Okay, welcome Sunita to the Rise podcast excited excited with a name thank you for having me amy you're welcome and i'm super excited to have you on my podcast because i guess i pulled this podcast together to share i guess everyone that i've met on my journey over the last eight to ten years and you were one of those people that were there in the beginning so I attribute so much of my growth and my journey with so many memories with you. So this is a very special podcast to start with. So to begin with, I would love for you to just share who is Sunita? What does she do? Who is she currently in this point in time? (laughs) Who am I? This is such a big question, isn't it? Because I always feel that whatever comes out of my mouth is defining me only for that moment. So whoever hears this, I only want people to just remember that as we all always growing, that it becomes outdated as soon as I say it. So I can tell you about the roles that I have. So, um, and, and in terms of some of the service, because I feel that being of service is the biggest thing, is a part of who I am. So part of that is my mediumship, my healing work my yoga t- yogic teachings, spiritual philosophy, working with people, humans, animals, and just bringing people together. I think that's the biggest thing is bringing people together and inspiring them. That's, that's, that's essentially everything 
that's important to me, bringing people together. And it's such a, um, I feel such a small, tiny description of like who you are, because you are like so much like an expansion of that in so many ways. And I feel as we go through this interview, we will explore that more. How I met you, we'll go into that story first, was at a conscious event, um, however many years ago, and you were running a workshop around your intuition and how to tap into your intuition. And me and my partner, Chris, were there and we loved it. I loved your energy. You were just so high energy. You made us laugh and um, you just kind of spoke about intuition like it was, um, which, I, which I know it, it's accessible to anyone. And you just spoke about mm. it like it's like picking up a pen and learning to write for the first time. It's just easy. Mm. So can you talk to us about that? <laughs> and how intuition is accessible to us all. So I just want to, I'll just reflect and share, like when I first saw you and Chris, this was the thought that went through my mind. Oh my God, there's young people. in the- <laughs> Because um, those kind of conscious living expo events were always full of people who, were already dabbling and thought they knew so much and they were never kind of ready and open to learn. And so that hunger, they kind of just go for free things and free things, but never actually commit to anything. So it was really, it was really exciting when I first laid my eyes on you. And of course, obviously Chris being a guy, um, they, they, that work doesn't, you know, spiritual development, personal development growth wasn't attracting guys. It was predominantly women. I mean, it's changed now. And I think the workshop was around kind of like your mindset and intuition and just how to just tap into it and simple things you can do. Because I believe it is as easy as picking up a pen that we as human beings, we just make everything so complex and we are built. Our makeup is negative and we are built on like crisis, drama and chaos. And it's always the cup that's half empty, not the cup that's half full. I think that's predominantly as human beings. Hence like why that is, I think probably, you know, crisis of consciousness, isn't there? Where we aren't loving and compassionate and kind and empathetic. And with all of the chaos and the drama that goes on in our, our lives and our mind and internally, it blocks the intuition and that connection to our sacred self, our soul, uh, our spirit. Um, And so we stop listening to the voice that's very soft and gentle going, come along, come along, because we're so used to being yelled at. We don't pay attention until we're yelled at. And so, you know, the old, um, you're hit by a feather and then a brick and then you're run over by a truck. It's the same with the intuition suddenly it's when you have a traumatic life event, then you sort of people suddenly find themselves, right? They start that journey. Oh, I should have listened to myself, but we're not also not, we're also not um, taught as children and then as teens and young adults and to, to value it, um, to trust it, or even to know what it is, mm-hmm. you know, and, and all of those are just blocks, aren't they? Yeah. And mindfulness, that again, another cliched word in the current world, you know, go and do this and go and do this, but nobody actually tells you that your unique 
strategies for mindfulness, they're, they're things that are uh, personal to you. Mine not going to work for you. Yours aren't going to work for me because we are, our mind is different. Our, you know, our makeup is different, but they all get you to the same place. But how you get there is different, you know, it's different for all of us. And the intuitive journey and the, the process to understanding your intuition and mastering your mind should be, could be one of the most incredible journeys that you ever embark on in your life. It, it's phenomenal. Self-mastery is the key to your intuition. Mm-hmm. It really is. So that's like, that is a common question, isn't it? A lot of people that are delving into discovering how to listen to their intuition first. They're like, what does it sound like? Like, how do I know whether my intuition is talking or my mind is talking? And so what, mm. what do you say to that? And what I say to that is um, I have a rule that if, I mean, I would say this to the general person because obviously I'm psychic and I'm a medium, so I do follow my intuition. Um, and I, run, I my life, you know, I run by it and I trust it. So for the average person who's just out there starting, I would say go by the, the number three. So if you have that message, that, that, that feeling, that knowing or that word or that um, synchronicity happen three times, it's intuition. And it's kind of like you have to make the first small step so once you take that small step, your psyche is then going, oh, she's listening. Everybody, it's on me. I always imagine there's like a whole crowd of people in the back going, she's listened. Send another message, quick. And then another message goes up. And then, and then the more that muscle is built, because it is an actual muscle, you know, an energetic muscle, the more you use it, the more it becomes stronger. And the more that kind of neural pathway of the mind where it doesn't go to the default you know, ignore that, it goes to another part of your brain. And the other thing is we're using our logical brain so much that we become untrusting of the emotional brain. So the logical brain will override what the emotions are saying, but the emotions are never wrong because you feel before you think mm-hmm. because we're clairsentient. Yeah. And, like and the whole, it being a muscle like really resonates with me because I even noticed like, you know, once I had kids and I didn't have as much time to meditate or I didn't make as much time to meditate and do all those things. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I felt like I had lost touch with my intuition and being able to um, clearly discern what was my mind running and what was my intuition running. So what are practices, like obviously for me, I found like meditation really helps with building that intuition muscle. What are other practices people can do to kind of build that intuition muscle? Yeah. Can I just add to that when you're talking about motherhood is I want to say this to women who are having their babies and got their babies young. I'm talking about young ones, like yours a little. When you enter that space of like pro... um, pregnancy so you're pregnant your intuition is heightened you are literally growing a human being inside you as you know and at some point usually it can be around four or five months of the pregnancy that the soul starts to tap in and out of the body and then towards the end of the pregnancy that's when the soul kind of settles in and goes right we're in for the ride now we're coming out and 
a mum, a pregnant woman can pick up that soul essence through her intuition. She can have a knowing that there's another vibration within her vibration. And so we forget this. And so when you have the baby, your intuition is still heightened. And it's heightened to be in tune with the newborn mm-hmm. and the child, not work-life career, because that is not what you're hormonally and post-pregnancy ready for. You're, you're actually supposed to be feeding, Makes right? Sense. And so you know, and I can guarantee you've done this, and I've seen you do this, that baby you're going to know, hungry. You don't, you don't even look at the time. I know it's common sense with time, but even during the night, you will roll over to reach for that baby before that baby's even got it and you've started feeding the baby, right? Intuition. That bond of intuition between you and your baby is then extended out of your physical body, right? And that's where your focus needs to be, for example. Before then, you know, that child's um, own mind starts to develop, right? Their, their brain is developing, their functions and cognitive functions are developing. And then you kind of pull back a little bit and then there's that separation. But trust yourself. Like it's, I think for mums out there who are going through this, exactly what you've said, um, remember that your intuition is focusing on the thing it needs to focus at that time. Yeah, love it. And and then, so in terms of other strategies, um, look, when you've got kids running around, meditation, like dream on, you're exhausted. It's got to be the worst, one of the worst things, strategies, I feel. I feel you have to start to move to something where your brain's not having to do a lot. And things like oracle cards are absolutely perfect. And I'm not talking the, the wishy-washy ones. I'm talking the ones with the good shadow and light work. Because what that does, it takes your brain out because it's already tired and all a tired brain is not going to be clear and it's also going to be doubting. But what an oracle card do, you can ask the question, set your intention, shuffle the card, go through your questions and journal it out and just let it go. Nobody's. It's not a test, right? It's like you're getting the answers that you're receiving that you are unable to, to give, you, give to yourself through the cards. Yeah. Um, I would recommend that that's the best one. And I loved, like I've done a few of your intuition workshops and you have always had like a spread of questions mm. that you ask while you're doing Oracle mm. cards for our listeners out there. What are some of those questions that <gasps> you, you do for your Oracle cards? Well, because I'm a coach, there's a, yeah, the, 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 obviously most decks will have like, um, de- um, spreads and questions and because of the complexity of our mind we uh, and the way that I work with people is to really get into and digging into the dirt because you know who wants to like you know fluff around nobody um, <clears throat> so one of the uh, I usually have a bunch of questions that take you through almost kind of an NLP neurolinguistic journey into the consciousness into the deeper deeper layers so things like um, starting off with where am I who am I showing up as today? And where do I need to be? So then you've got the gaps, you've got here, and then you've got the, where do I need to be in the future? So you've projected out future. And then you're asking, where, what do I need to do to get to there? And what energy do I need to be 
to get there. So it's not just about doing because people just think, oh, I'll just do this and I'll do that and I'll do it. You know, that's all left brain stuff. But I need to be an energy because it's energy where your energy goes is where your mind goes, right? So you need to know where your, what your energy is to get there because once you have conscious awareness of that, of what's happening in the subconscious, you've got the energy and you've got the action part, which then this magic happens where they just come together. And then you unconsciously, the drivers start to go, oh, well, that's where we're meant to be going. And I also ask, what are my resources? Because clearly you're not getting there because you don't know, you're not tapping into a resource that you have. So depending on the complexity of the issue, I might say, pick three resources. So pick three cards for your resources. And you might, again, some, some of them you might already know, you might go, oh, that's come up again or oh I didn't know about that and it's oh I didn't know about that that are the interesting ones aren't they because that's your untapped resource because we are abundant with our answers we just haven't found the right key in the right hole yet yeah love it love it so obviously this podcast being about rising and rising above what do you feel is the most essential tool or what do you feel is essential to rising above people's blocks and people's fears and the shadows that are holding them back? What do you feel is one of the most essential things that people can do to rise above that? Sense of belonging. The, the connection with the divinity, like whatever your word is for it, divine, spirit world, cosmic consciousness, whatever it is, universe, that as pack creatures, we need to belong somewhere. So we've, we've, we've either come from a family, a family of origin, or we haven't, because not all people have a family of origin. They need, um, and that sense of I don't belong anywhere, then we go meet somebody, we make babies with them, we're either with them or we're not with them. And so we're always trying to find a sense of belonging with others, right? And we seek it in other people who are also seeking it. And it's almost like the sheep, lost sheep following each other going, hey, let's belong together. Oh, no, it's not working out. And then we unbelong, if that's a word, you know. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'll just make stuff up. But the, the greatest, the sense of belonging always comes from something that is greater than yourself whether you call it god whoever and it's it's that sense of where have we come from that the universe has got my back that no matter what's happening in my life i will be guided i know i'm being looked after and once you have anchored yourself in your sense of divinity it allows you to rise up above anything that's happening to you in your life no matter how hard it is and I know I've you know I've been through a lot in my own life um but I found that once I'd established that firm really anchored fully grounded in the human plane and the physical plane and you know anchored with the universe and having them both almost you know that connection in the earth and the connection in the cosmos and then you're this blip in the middle so you know it's kind of like plugging in a battery right you've got to be plugged into the earth element 
in order to be grounded because you're living here. This is, this is, I've chosen this existence, right? And then I have to remember where I came from because without that beacon, I'm feeling lost. My antenna is everywhere. So once that antenna is secure, what's happening in between is I'm receiving messages from up above and I'm also able to deliver them into this existence. So it's, it's always about the sense of belonging and that's a shadow value. That's one of our, can be one of our core hurts. Yeah, definitely. We've all felt orphaned and abandoned at some point, rejected in our life, haven't we? Yeah. In relationships. And so once you, and then when you feel connected to people, everybody wants to feel connected. But the deepest, the, the, the deepest failing of oneself is to not understand that you have to find that connection within your own spirit. And through the spirit, that doorway that we are connected to our soul, the soul is connected and it is opening those doors. So you have to do the hard work. It's not an easy task. And so I know personally how much hard work you have done. Do you want to just share with our listeners, I guess, what has been one of the profound moments for you where you have felt has attributed towards your sense of belonging with divinity? Oh, you know, I, I would love to share the first time I felt that, but I don't even know when it was because it's not, it's not, a, it's not one profound moment that happens. It's a, it's a culmination of many. And I see things like this in my mind's eye, in my psychic eye, I see when we have those aha moments, when that, when that answer drops in, that it lights up like this mesh, this, this web of what that information was connected to and everything else then makes sense. And, you know, if, if I could say that <clears throat> maybe during the years of journeying um, through the development of my mediumship and working with spirit, working with those people that have passed over and standing in that line. And one of the exercises I remember my teacher used to get us to do was get up at the front. All of you are in a line. And when it's your, when you're the one at the top of the line, you're going to get a spirit link. Now the anxiety that was coming from everybody else, it was kind of, it was going off. And I remember one day I stood there and I thought, well, they're not going to make a fool of me, are they? Because that's not what they're, they're, these are enlightened beings that are in another world. And so they're here to tell us about their story and who they are because they're, they're, they're excited that we can actually speak through this person. We want to communicate to that person over there because that's our loved one. So they're not going to embarrass me or humiliate me. So they're going to show up, right? So I need to show up for me because they've got my back. So I need to have my back and I need to have my back by saying I'm here and I'm ready and willing to do whatever it takes because that gift of that message can change that person's life. And so I think that's probably one of the examples of they've got my back. Someone's got my back. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And the more you are open to the unknown the unseen, the more profound, the drop-ins and the, the teachings and the learnings and the ahas and the light bulbs just happen. 
because then you're, you've got no expectations. You've got no driver other than I want to be of service and I'm ready. Um, and that willingness and openness is, is really sacred. And, and I guess I'll, the point that you made about the unknown and being open to the unknown, like I know a lot of people are scared of that and they're afraid of the unknown. It's like even mm. um, we've seen through COVID and all of this pandemic stuff and mm. I guess the, all mm. the war stuff that's coming out, right? The fear mm. comes up because it's, it's all around the unknown. And, and I guess when we're delving into this spiritual world and we're even the intuition and all of this, there is so much fear in what people don't realise and what they don't know. So can you talk to that? How do we overcome that fear of the unknown and feel safe sitting in that unknown? Yeah. The safety, again, in the same way that um, we talk about the sense, I talked about the sense of belonging is this exactly the same thing. Control is one of our biggest shadow values. So, for example, through COVID, either we're feeling I'm being controlled or I'm out of control because I can't go to the shop. I've got to do X, Y, Z. I can't go eat this. I can't do this because I've got to have, do, be, all these things. So our sense of stability and safety then just goes off, doesn't it? Because you, when you're out of control, we all control to a measure, but the degree to which we want to um, control our lives and be controlled and have control is the issue. So, you know, hence rises fear. But when you understand and ask the, the more intelligent question, the heart-based question is, so I'm afraid of the unknown. What is it about this that's making me feel unsafe? What is it that's making me feel, I like the words unsafe, unstable, and I don't mean like mentally, emotionally unstable, but there's a sense of I don't have any stability and a sense of security. And what is it? When you look at those three words, they're very powerful and they can trigger a lot of fear. But when you ask those of yourself, where am I not feeling safe, secure and um, stable? You'll find the answer and that will be the key to what, what that fear is. And that fear always goes back to another event in your life. And that's it. You've got to just understand it. I think, you know, a lot of this is about asking those questions to yourself. Um, it's like a snowball effect, isn't it? You know, listening to social media, listening to the news, listening to all of the negative, the negative, the negative. And it creates this energy that's very disempowering and fear-based. There is no room and, and place in a person's mind to then be able to think of light things, to think of solutions and, and how to get themselves out of it. So, you know, it doesn't take two seconds to switch off the TV, to get off social media, to go and take some action, change, change where you are, go stand outside. You know, there's a reason I don't watch TV. There's a reason I deleted Facebook off my phone. There's a reason I deleted, you know, not even on Netflix or Stan anymore because it fills your mind. And once you go through things like silent retreats um, and have those times with it, and there's a lot of people going out camping now, isn't there? Mm -hmm. uh, and finding nature. When you're in that space, you are connected to 
cosmos, aren't you? You're connected through the energy that you're being given through wildlife, through nature, through plant systems, through the earth energy, through the, you know, the, the sun. And all of that energy is then charging your battery. So then you come back to this dense energy, you're actually feeling the fear. You're coming back into that fear and that kind of smog you know, and understanding. And I think there's more and more people understanding that, but they're not, they're, they're feeling it, but they're not understanding it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or they're not sure what not, steps to remove themselves yeah. out of that patterning. That's right. Yeah. And I think there's not enough people who can just make it simple for people. You know, for me, if it's not simple, even from cooking, if the recipe has got more than five things, I'm very unlikely to go, oh, can I just not use that? Can I miss, can I, can I skip this? Can I skip that? Because we want it easy and it, it can be easy, you know, but there, there's a mindset about things being hard. Things are hard. Things are too hard, too difficult. I can't be bothered. And that's also a mindset. So you've got to, you've got to, when you're doing this work and you start this journey, you've got to tackle what I call like, say the, the foundational steps the things that we will do to put ourselves off right procrastination is a form of fear avoidance you know oh suddenly i'm tired oh i haven't got time all the excuses and one of the first things i say in coaching is write a list of your most common excuses it's really easy isn't it you know to write something that you really want to do and then write all the reasons why you haven't done it, what excuses you tell yourself and then go do belief changes or decision changes and emotional changes around them. There's plenty of free NLP tools and you just got to systematically do a list, not get emotional about it. And so what about the unknown of this, like the spirit world? Do you feel like, are there spirits out there that we should be afraid of? Oh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. But also, um, there's a flip side, you know, with, with light comes darkness. And I know certainly in my mediumship work, we weren't told enough about the dark, the um, negative entities that are out there. Um, because, and part of the reason is, is, and I do the same thing when I'm teaching, is unless I know, I've known you, that you are committed on this journey of your self, personal, spiritual development, that I won't discuss some of these more dense, heavier topics because you don't have an understanding of, it, of them. You won't have an understanding of them because you also, you haven't, I mean, it's common sense, right? If you haven't faced your own demons and shadows, how are you possibly going to face and deal with some of the negative entities that are out there? Mm-hmm. We have a saying in my culture and it's there, certainly in the Turkish culture in all of the Asian cultures about, it's called Buri Nazar. And buri nazar is buri is um, bad, negative, and nazar is eyes. So it's that, and also known as the evil eye. And one of the things that we do with our babies, the first thing that we do is we say, "Don't show me the baby until you put a, a little black dot, a, a, a bindi, behind the ear of the child, or the bride, or the groom, because then people will cast their evil eye just by saying, oh." She's so beautiful. Look at her. She looks so amazing, blah, blah, blah. And then the child gets sick. And they will say, somebody did. There was Buri Nazar. Somebody cast their evil eye unconsciously. But then you also get people who will do it consciously. You know, um, to be really grounded in this work, 
you have to be able to really firmly work on yourself to be able to understand these these big concepts because they're they're not and there are certain things that you should be doing to protect yourself against them. So and it comes also, back to self. It all comes back to self. All comes back to self. And I'll give you an example. I and it was because of the lack of teaching of the dark stuff. And it was also always, you know, they would never talk about it. But you know that it exists. And uh, and it is because of the groups. The you don't know the mental health, the state, the background. You might that person might have just walked into that workshop. You don't know what, what that story is with that person. Like I wouldn't talk about some of these heavier subjects unless I knew I've been, those people have been working with me for a number of years, right? Um, you know, they can make you ill. They can make you ill. People can die as a result of things. That, that's real. You know, we've been brought up with stories of witchcraft and evil eyes in my culture. And that's just my culture. And so there's things that I've grown up with being told that don't do that. You never eat, you never eat food if there's hair in it. Why? Because hair is also used in witchcraft mm-hmm. to hex. So I remember example growing up, we have what we call prashad, which is this, the offering. It's like a halva and it's, and it's cooked in the kitchens and then it's bought and then it's blessed during the service. And then that's given out to the congregation. And I remember there was this big, big fuss and somebody had put a big clump of hair into it <gasps> and it was hexed oh, and it made us all like, like, even like I would have been like the primary school kid at that age and I still got goosebumps. And I remember the lady speaking and, and it was all, there was a conversation happening. Who was it? Who was it? And they all mentioned this one woman who came in and she had it gone. She had like her things gathered up and she hovered in the kitchen and they all kind of looked and she, she did that. Wow. You know? It's, it's interesting. Cause like, even like not knowing that or that part of the culture, like when we see hair and food, like instinctively, we just go, Oh, like, yeah, like totally. We, we want to push it away. That's right. And also hair is an extension of your intuition and your power. Mm. You know, the old Samson and Delilah story. You know, it's like a bad omen. Yeah. You think it's just a hair eel, but no, it comes from somewhere, you know. It's very interesting stuff. So a quick interruption on this episode to let you know about the free morning meditation I have created for you. It is a beautiful 10-minute meditation that I have designed for those that are wanting to step into a daily meditation habit. It is a tool to reset clear your mind and start your day from an energetic space which you can download in your show notes okay and back to the show back onto like interesting topics that i'm <laughs> excited so when oh, i used God. to run um, major women's events sunita was one of our favorite speakers at these events <laughs> she used to run the how to trust your intuition workshops and we had women overflowing in these workshops they all wanted to figure out how to trust your intuition. (laughs) And one year um, did a live demonstration, a live mediumship demonstration. And I unfortunately didn't get to witness that. (laughs) I was so devastated. It was a huge event with like thousands of women and 
Sunita does this live mediumship demonstration, which is the one thing I was super excited about and I didn't get to see it. But I want to know what is something woo-woo that has happened to you recently or in front of people publicly that was really cool. Like I love hearing like your woo-woo stories. <laughs> My woo-woo stories. I'll tell you one woo-woo story that's just come to my mind. It wasn't in front of people. I was having a conversation with spirit, sending out that thought. And what that looks like is I can be doing a mundane task around the house and I'm stewing on something and I'll send that thought out to have it. And I'm having that conversation about needing guidance or what, what should I do? And then I was, it was winter and I was hanging clothes on the, on the rack and the TV came on and the, whatever the person said, whatever show was on was the exact answer answered in a sentence that what I'd asked Oh wow! of what I should be doing. And I, and I, so I had my back to the TV and I was stuck in clothes and then the TV flipped on, I turned around and then this voice came up of whatever show it was. And I was like, okay, then I know, I know I must do that. Were you asking <laughs> and, that question then and there as you were hanging? Yes. Yeah. Wow. As I was, I was, I was walking to the clothes, I was asking that. And then the TV just came on and there was somebody in the kitchen at the time. And just for being a skeptic as well, firmly feet firmly on the ground. I was like, have you got the remote control? Did you put, did you know why would I have the remote control? I'm washing the dishes. And then he said, oh, it's you. You did your woo-woo stuff. What were you thinking about? <laughs> so, you know, I was like, I just laughed and I was like, that was cool. That was very, that was so cool. I think that's probably one of the coolest things. I'll share another one actually, because this was, cool really really cool and also really really scary <laughs> at the time and, and I'm not afraid of many many of these things but in talking back to the the dark things there was we were looking at genealogical things that had happened in my genealogical line and witchcraft there was a situation that had happened in it several lifetimes and um, that energy had traveled down through the women in the family whereby the men the women were being widowed they were widowed in their marriage or their husbands were absent husbands. And so this is my mum's family. And, and then I was working on this because then it, obviously what's happening is that the woman is powerless. So this, this theme of powerlessness in women and being wronged by men in some situations, but also widowed. And the thing of being a widow in Indian culture is like your life's basically over and you're a burden. And, um, I had had some work done on, on this. I was doing some work and, and it was the day, uh, the night of this when I came back home. So my house was lit with light because it was pretty toxic and I'd become, I could feel the sickness. I could feel how negative and dark it was. And I always as a child was, was always afraid of witches terrified of witches and of course my sister used to get us to watch and um, get us watching um, horror movies with witches and I used to be petrified and um and because this was to do with witchcraft made sense why there was this connection where I was absolutely terrified and anyway at night I was asleep and I heard this and what was happening was in my dream or my lucid dream 
there was this face coming towards me, almost like a dark, dark tunnel, almost like this face coming through the tunnel. And it was like a whoosh in my face. And then I could feel the fear and I was back. And then I heard this knocking and I woke up and I was literally panting. And then I'd heard this knocking and I just freaked out. And as you know, I have fur babies. There was not a cat in the room and my door was closed, which I never sleep with my door closed. And it freaked me out just because of that. I was like, oh my God. And I checked the whole house. I lit candles and I did some prayers. And it wasn't until a couple of days later that I realized because the sense of spirit is so strong. I have the sense of spirit so strongly, but also this house is protected. I've created wards around this house and my space and my energy for protection. And I had the message, the insight, the intuition that that was spirit because spirit wrappings are real, right? But spirit will waken you up out of that dream state because the more your mind keeps giving it back, you can actually bring that negative entity. You can bring that negative energy back, like rising it because you're giving it energy, right? And it was so phenomenal when I had that feeling of, oh my goodness, you know, again, we've got your back. You don't need to go there. It needs to be removed from the mental plane now. And that's done. And me lighting the lights in the home and smudging and clearing and the prayers and the month of everything was that sense of protection to let it go because it goes from the energetic plane and go from the spiritual plane, but it's going to sit on the emotional and the mental plane, mm -hmm. you know? So if you're sitting and delving in fear, if you keep remembering those things, they will come, you're just giving birth to them again. You know, yeah. that was a pretty phenomenal, that was a pretty profound one. And I noticed that how, I was then, my, my energy shifted around that negative connotation with witchcraft. Because witchcraft, Wicca and paganism is, is rife. And I consider myself a pagan, you know. We're working with the land, with the elements, with the cosmos. And that's what, that's what witches inherently do, you know, the pagans. And this is the power of women where it started hundreds and hundreds of years ago. If you look at the Vikings and the Norse and all of those cultures, it is in every indigenous culture, it's about working with the land and the moon and the sun and the cosmos, you know, and it's, it's going back, going back to basics. Those are physical parts of our world, aren't they? The elements and the earth. And when we, when we connect to them, we also connect to them and a part of consciousness and divinity because they were also created, weren't they? The solar system, the planetary system, the earth and the, you know, so it's all power. We have so much power around us. And, and we I have feel, the ability to be battery, don't we? Yeah, totally. I feel so, and so many people are intuitively knowing that they need to connect back to all of those things now. Like mm. We see it in um, products that are being released, in services that are being released. Like it's people are realizing we need to be more conscious in us connecting and giving back to the earth and animals and look at that and the driver behind that is i'm being of service and i'm showing compassion compassion love and mercy i think there isn't enough of that being taught in a grounded way and those conversations aren't being had in a grounded practical way that might put people put the average person off because as woo woo as i am um, and I will do my rituals and I do my moon rituals and I do all those things because they have so much power and I, you don't need to have people around you to have the energy and the power. You need to have the elements be immersed in the energy of the elements to have the power. 
So how can someone discern whether someone is teaching that in a grounded way and not in a grounded way? I think this is where your common sense dictates. And I think some of the spiritual work, and I say spiritual work, we are also in the age of spiritual bypassing, that people don't want to do the hard work to get there. So if it sounds easy, it's not going to be real. Because ultimately it's like saying, you can be a doctor on Scoopon for $49. And in discerning, if you are, again, back to the self, if you're feeling lost and it sounds too good to be true, it is too good to be true. Have a check out that person, check out their website, check out their Facebook page, check out what they're doing. Because there's a lot of buzzwords around these days. I'm going to activate your kundalini. Nobody can activate your kundalini for you. I hate to burst the bubble, but that's something that you do for yourself because the kundalini belongs to me. It's my shakti. It's my ship. And I activate it by doing the work on myself. So you can't do the work for me. So it's, it's if you have a look at workshops and things like that, and I'm not here to bag anybody, but be real, be real, read the, read the information. Is it grounded? Is it backed by something? Is it something that, or is it just personally, just something that somebody's experienced and they're just sharing it? Be careful of who you leave your mind and your body and your, and your spirit to, you know, with healers and, and people out there. Are they in a healthy place themselves? Are they grounded? It's like, to be blunt, it's like going to a hairdresser and their hair's a mess. It's like going to somebody for weight loss and they're obese. You just wouldn't do it, would you? Yeah. I know in my healing circle that I grew up in, I was looking at the healers who were really ill and I couldn't understand what they were doing. And I, and I was like, well, you're, you're actually really sick and I don't want your hands on me. And I remember saying to my teacher, I avoid that person because when you ask the healers to get up and give healing, I literally sit there going, not her, not her, not her, not her. And I, and I was starting to feel guilty. And she said, no, don't, because we resonate with some people. We don't. And you're right. She is sick. She doesn't look after herself. Are they a mirror and are they living that work? Are they an example of that work? Are they living by their values? You know, you wouldn't go to a backstreet gynecologist. Don't go to a backstreet spiritual teacher are you the real deal, you know? And I guess it, it is hard. And I've even been in this space where you're going through a dark time in your life and you, you're in a vulnerable state. And so mm. I feel like also your decision-making isn't necessarily at its clearest point. So mm. a lot of these mm. people can take advantage of people within that vulnerable state. Yeah, so, yeah it is. It's it is sad. A, yeah, it is a sad, and you, sad thing. And you know what? Can't karma you know that karma you you are hence like you know at the moment i've said i don't want to do one-on-ones and people are asking me for readings and healings i'm, I'm nurturing my myself and i don't want to give what i've been previously giving out when i'm feeling yeah i'll this 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 is fine i'm giving back to myself because i'm pouring that healing energy into myself and asking for it for myself i'm not going to give you healing and so it's never about the money it's always about where you're at as an individual, you know, uh, and there are people that will churn those things out because it's become about money. 
not about the service, not about the I'm delivering something because it's for that person. And why is that person showing up? Is, is this a $150 appointment and I'm, I need to have five of them this week because I've got this bill coming in? Or, or is it because I'm fulfilling a service, I'm fulfilling my purpose, I'm living my purpose? And, and it's a really murky world, this dark side of spirituality. And it is, there's a lot of bypassing. I want the easy route. Yep. The spiritual journey is, is not quite easy. Not easy at all. But like anything, you have to have, there has to be devotion, dedication, um, commitment. And if you don't have those for, for, for it, then it, you're only going to get back what you put into it. And so if you're not getting a result like anything, if you're going to lose half of the ingredients of the cake, it's not going to be a cake anymore, is it really? And I think people need to, to kind of hear it in that way. But people are impatient, aren't they? They want quick, 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 quick. Yeah, especially in today's current world. The Western world has trained us to want everything right now, doesn't it? Yeah, unfortunately, yeah. So what is Sunita's takeaway message that you want to give to our audience my takeaway message is if there's anything that i've said that's inspired you to rise up above your challenges and whatever it is that you're going through right now if there's any spark of something that you can hold on to remember and and trust that if there's anything that i've said that you will remember at a later date when you need to please believe in that you know, the synchronicity of you listening to this podcast of Amy and I coming together as our first, you know, session together. It's a beautiful new moon. It is a time of new beginnings. Trust in the energy that we've put together in, in bringing this podcast to you that anything that you've heard us talk about, if it sparks and ignites something in you to go do something to remember at some point that will help you to rise up above your challenge, please do it. The other side of fear is 100% absolute love. And the people, the universe, divinity has always, always got your back. Always, always. You love it. Thank you. And where can people find you to follow your story or figure out what you're up to? Well... When I'm out of my back cave, <laughs> you can find me on my website. So that's www.sanita.com.au um, and Facebook or Instagram through you. <laughs> yeah, I'll, share, I'll share all of your links in our show <laughs> Perfect. And also I do believe we're divinely connected. So if you're going to, if you, there's anything that you're hearing or sensing and this is the person, then you'll find a way. Yep. The universe will connect you absolutely all right thank you so much for today's interview i appreciate you and i appreciate your time i appreciate and value you too amy and happy new moon this beautiful lunar energy that's just bursting with like this unlimited potential for you as well and your next journey amazing thank you (laughs) thank you